Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. Let's listen on and find out. Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deeves. This is episode 58 and I have got the guest, a friend of mine, Ben Lund Conlon. He's a, a wonderful comedian. I haven't seen him in years and um, we've just been sort of, we've been moving in different circles, you know, but we're chatting again and it's a lovely, lovely chat prior to that. Like, I, I don't think the last time I saw him, I'd even started the podcast yet. So like we we'd sort of ne- certainly never spoke about tea then uh, I didn't realise how much he was into tea. This is one of the most, possibly the most tea-based episode ever of of the podcast, and that's what it's all about. And I, I tell you, it's bloody exciting. Actually, this it was what I thought the podcast would always be. So, you know, long live that. Maybe there'll be more of it. Maybe there won't. We'll see. What there have been other quite tea-based podcasts, but this is like this is real heavy. This is sort of you know forty percent tea. Don't know, maybe, maybe something like that is a good percentage of tea chat. Not all tea chat, though. We do we start on a somewhat darker subject. You know, we have we have fun about it, but he's got a he's got a, a, a Harry Potter tea cozy, and we we talk about other things related to Harry Potter, such as the heinous behaviour of the author of them. But it's it's based on a thing. Well, basically, we riff off of something, and we end up talking about that. But that will make more sense when you hear it, and and hopefully you hear it in the fun way that it is intended. Not sure that sounds like fun, but it is. It's good, good fun. Tells me about some uh, a lovely podcast with an incredible title called Witch Please, and I'm going to have to give that a listen at some point. Possibly, I don't know if I've got time. I've still got so many podcasts to catch up on. So Ben is he he's about to go on tour. That is that is soon. So if you're listening to this, um, look it up. It, it, there's not loads of dates, but he's got a few going on. One in particular to pay attention to is the 11th of November in uh, in London at the Museum of Comedy, and that is where he's filming that show. So if you are around, if you've got any interest in Buffy the Vampire Slayer whatsoever, I realise I've not mentioned that up until now, but that will make sense during the show. If you've got any interest in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, even if you haven't, you just like comedy and you want to be in an audience for someone's show or you just want to support a comedian, then do it. 11th of November at the Museum of Comedy in London. A lovely venue as well. So yeah, worth worth going to. Uh, so yeah, go, go and see that. Go, go and see his ears while you're there. That ACMS trumpet player that we were talking about was, in fact, Steve Pretty. He found it. As, funnily enough, as I was editing the episode, I got to that exact point. I stopped to look it up and he messaged me the name. It was incredible timing. He is drinking tea from the Rare Tea Company, which I haven't heard of. I'm going to look them up and I'm going to ask them to send me tea because why bloody not? And I was drinking tea from Essex Tea, which is uh, Saxon Brew, which is from the uh, Cornish Tea Company, which I've spoken about many times before they're finally going to send me some tea very very excited about that yeah so ple- pleased about that i don't know what they're going to send me yet but they're going to send me some stuff for review so watch this space 
and, and I think he's also the first person to bring up the Douglas Adams description of making tea, which is basically have it how you like it. And I, I love that. That's great. It's a wonderful approach to have to drinking tea. It's just, it's a, it's a really, really fun podcast. I know I say that every time, but this one in particular, I absolutely loved it. I had such a great time and I, I hope you enjoy it too. So I won't hold you on any longer. Let's crack on with the episode. Enjoy. I'll see you at the end with some interesting and exciting news about things that I've got going on, most of which I mentioned in the show. Regardless, enjoy the show. Uh, right, that's recording now. Sorry, could you carry on? Could you say some more stuff? Tell me, uh, what did you have for lunch? <laughs> what did I have for lunch? For lunch, I've just had my lunch. I had um, reheated leftovers from, well, from last night's dinner combined with some leftovers from dinner a few nights ago i fried up some mashed potato from a few nights ago and then i had chicken uh, stuffed with spinach and goat's cheese wrapped in bacon so um, you had three dinners in one uh just two dinners in one. Oh, okay um, yeah last right. night and then the mashed potato from a few nights before. oh that was okay right right, right. i'm with you what did you have last night uh, so that was the the chicken. Um, oh, okay. Although I had it with uh, roast potatoes last night and asparagus steamed in garlic butter. It was very tasty. Mm, bloody hell! Um, I, yeah, I had a pizza. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I have had a lot of pizza recently because I've um, been doing some house moving. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, as in, you move in your house, or you just sort of. I think that's, so the, that's the best way to constantly get given pizza is just offer yourself up uh, as someone who can help your friends move. Oh, that yeah, that is good. No, well, so I stayed put, but my flatmate moved out and my girlfriend moved in. Oh, okay, lovely. Congratulations. But I had to be so yeah. Uh, for for someone who technically wasn't moving house, I did an awful lot of the work of <laughs> moving house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you know that's two people's moving day, so that is that is a lot of pizza. And yeah. uh, and now let's put this out as an advert to anyone that you or I know. We are each available to yeah. help you move uh, in exchange. Very for happy to carry boxes for free pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean we we should get jobs really, but um, <laughs> here, here we are. We'll work for food. That's uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stop yeah, what's, talking, really. oh, what's um? Oh God, I can't remember what it's called. It's what you know. The medieval peasants used to, you know, they didn't get paid, but they uh, they got they they got their bed and their their book bed and board. You yeah, know, they got yeah. their cottage and they got their food. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'd do that. Serfdom. That's it. We'll be serfs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, and then go surfing. Wonderful. Yeah. Sofa surfs. Yeah. Surf and uh, what would turf be in this? Oh, uh, we hate uh, trans people. That's the. Oh yeah, oh that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the you know. That, that's less fun. No, yeah, yeah, uh, not recommended. Will make you both a social pariah and crucially a prick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's avoid that. I mean, okay. So uh, for context, uh, this has been recording the whole time. So. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I was. I thought I wondered whether turfdom might come up actually, uh, <laughs> purely <Why>? because, uh, <laughs> purely because I um, dating back before uh, the author went full uh, mask off, um, raging bigot. Sure. I do actually have a golden snitch tea cozy. Oh, okay. Um, which a friend of mine knitted for me, and that's that's what I'm currently using on my teapot. Oh, that um, is cool. 
which r- turns the whole teapot into a golden snitch. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yes, for for the listeners at home, it's sort of it's kind of yellowy golden wool, and then they've got some nice little grey silver wings attached to it, like a snitch. Um, but yes, that was that was made um, a few years ago now, um, and I just still use it because it's practical. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool to be fair. And uh, the thing is, you know. Oh, oh, we're getting into this early, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great, great start. Because uh, what's his name? Mm, Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. He came out uh, in defence of the movies, didn't he? But saying, you know, like, you, you, you should be able to uh, separate the, the the art from the artist. Uh, yeah. I, I and especially to... with the movies in mind, because obviously, you know, she wrote the stories, but she had less, less to, do to do with those. Them. And there's the law. And also... You know, like a lot of a lot, ironically, a lot of the stories were shown to sort of help people who felt like they didn't fit in, uh, of of many varieties, which is wonderful, and so, uh, which makes it even more bizarre that she came out as such an awful. C- yeah, it's it's almost like she, you know, didn't read her own books. Yeah. Um, I, I do listen to this excellent podcast called Witch Please, um, which is run by these two really great feminist Canadian academics uh, who sort of do literary criticism as a job. But as their sort of side project, they do this podcast about Harry Potter. And it's quite a nice sort of way to like, they sort of look at the books in a sort of more critical way, but from the point of view of like f- having grown up being fans of the books. Yeah. And yeah. so like, they've got some really like fantastic ways of like, passing like oh there's this thing that I loved and meant so much to me and now there's this terrible thing and like they do it from a sort of very academic point of view but it's it's a very good listen for anyone who is struggling with that nice what's uh, that called yeah it's called Witch Please Witch Please that's a great name as well it's, got, yeah. it's a great name yeah yeah it's a great name great show can recommend yeah lovely lovely stuff uh now crucially this podcast is not normally that serious uh, sorry <laughs> Uh, you know it's it, I th- it's a good thing for us to discuss interestingly i've been thinking of starting a, a new podcast basically from the point of view of a uh you know a a, 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 a somewhat once upon a time ignorant straight white male uh moi um, <laughs> because you know like I'd, i i uh, i'm i don't necessarily fit into uh your typical straight white mailbox but i think certainly you know grow, growing up in school you're uh, subjected to the personalities of many different people because i went to uh it wasn't a particularly rough school but it certainly wasn't that good and a lot of the people that you'd encounter in those schools would have uh, the, the opinions of of their parents and grandparents if you will yeah so you know i, I just think it uh, i'm i'm certainly more uh, enlightened than once I was but I think it'd be a, a good thing to uh, I'm just I've only, I've only been thinking about it recently but I think it'd be quite a good thing for people to be able to listen to and think like oh you know you can, you can learn and it would be asking the questions that people are scared to ask basically of uh, of things they don't understand you know yeah yeah I think that's that'd be quite a good uh quite a good way to like address some topics from yeah yeah uh, crucially it wouldn't be just me the the guests (laughs) the guests would be uh um of the of the pertinent groups but i think you know it's it's, obviously it covers uh uh all of the things already addressed um 
but also uh, anything from sort of race to to you know to race to gender to uh, neurotypical uh, and neuro atypical what would be the neurodivergent (laughs) neurodivergent thank you very much because that is uh i'm currently being tested for adhd uh so uh yeah i fall into that category forgot what it's called uh Uh, so (laughs) yeah very that is a classic uh comedian i i feel kind of slightly weird that i i feel as a comedian but i i don't display any of the uh, tropes of adhd i feel like um, yeah the uh because it's funny because in a minority in that way <laughs> there's a, a lot of people at the minute are they're saying like oh you know i'm just another comedian with adhd and but i think it's not that everyone's suddenly realizing they've got it it's that people with adhd are sort of quite well suited to doing comedy oh, absolutely i think like you know it's a profession slash hobby that you know i think suits that kind of mind very well I yeah think. yeah and it's certainly uh, no coincidence. No, absolutely. So yeah, sure. There's a lot of people doing shows about it, but um, but also if I ever do a show called ADHD, I think that's a great title. So you got, oh, you that know. is a good. Uh, I mean, it's worth doing the show. It's, it's worth pursuing a diagnosis for that alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, had a letter through from the doctors saying that they've put me through to the next uh, stage. So by the time I've finished touring the new show, it would be about the right time to be uh, to have the diagnosis. So we'll, uh, nice. we'll see. Yeah. But uh, I've got another show to do before that anyway. Well, have I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what order it all comes in because uh, comedian Matt Smith uh, once gave me the uh, show title uh, Short Back and Side Eves, which is also very Yeah, good. that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm sort of I'm, uh, like it's okay for me to say these titles out loud because no no one can steal them. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think that one opens up so many options. Like, because now he's pointed out like the connection between your name and the word sides, so you can be like, you know, playing both side eaves. Yeah. Uh, um, well, the the one that often comes up from sort of uh no, it's generally non-comedians who uh see my name written down and say who is this you know uh that it's side eaves um and i do you know what an eve is oh like on a roof yeah yeah, yeah like the protruding bit from the sort of the sides and edges yeah. of roofs and uh I, <laughs> i'd like i'd always put it off and then the other day i had an image of what the post would look like which is basically just like me uh, as an eve on a on a house i <laughs> <laughs> see i think i would uh I, i'd have to avoid things like that because just because i've got very sticky outy ears you can't see them at the moment because i'm wearing headphones but you know anything that sort of protrusions out of the sides i have to avoid quite carefully oh, i think okay. to uh, draw parallels with my ears yeah that's uh i, do, I mean you know i've met you in person many times and not <laughs> that your, your ears had never uh, stood out to me but Oh well, that's 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 good. Uh, I've I, I used to have a bit of a complex about them when I was a teenager, but I've grown into. I think I've grown into them, you know, emotionally. Yeah. Um, I'm used to them. I've had enough people tell me that they like my ears rather than, oh look, it's the kid with the sticky out ears, you know. Yeah, it's quite go. nice. So uh, speaking of tours, however, that is uh, it's a big part of why I've got you on it. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about that now. Um, oh I'll, yeah. I'll ask you. I'll ask you for dates and stuff. Or uh, uh, certainly venues at the end but uh uh what is the what is the show so yeah thank you very much uh beautiful segue oh, uh, so <laughs> um, i'm getting so good yeah at this. i'm 
I'm touring the show I did at Edinburgh last year, so 2022, um, and it's called uh, Lies, Damned Lies and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it is a comedy show about uh, death, Buffy and statistical analysis. Um, they go hand in hand. <laughs> exactly. So basically the show is I decided to count every single death in the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh boy. Um, I was already obviously a fan of Buffy um, and uh, yeah I I mean I can go into the a little bit into the reasons as to why I did that if you want it's just basically it's a thing I'd been thinking about quite a while because I think she stakes two vampires with broken pool cues and each time she does it it's like quite because it's only twice in you know seven years worth of show and I thought that's quite a cool and unusual way to do it but I think I've seen her do it before uh, and then I kind of thought well what if I go through and count all of the different ways that she stakes vampires? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, why keep it to vampires? Why not do all of these things? And then um, again, I was listening to another podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's in the uh, job description of being a comedian. I think you just. I think yeah. You travel a <laughs> lot, put on a podcast. What are we supposed to do? Read? Oh no, you can't be it with your own thoughts. That would no. be madness. But I was listening to a podcast about Buffy. And they got to a point where um, they were talking about this one really significant death on the show and how they were talking about how it's treated really, really seriously. I'm not going to spoil it for people who may not have seen Buffy, but like this one particular death is treated really, really seriously. And they talked on this podcast about, oh, isn't that weird that like this one death is treated so seriously when there have been countless other deaths in the show up until that point. And I heard that and I thought, well, are they countless um, <laughs> they're, but, they're not countless yeah, I, bet, I bet you could count them I mean I bet I could count them so I did count all of them um, now would it be a spoiler to, uh, to to tell me how many it is uh, no I, I mentioned that very early on in the uh, in the show uh, there are 828 deaths in Buffy the Vampire Slayer according to my reckoning uh, now is that specifically killed by Buffy no so that is all deaths on the show um uh, so that is uh, Buffy slaying vampires. That's also Buffy killing all sorts of other demons. And it's it's, but it's also you know the the people that the vampires and the and the demons kill. Humans kill some humans. Like it's yeah. So it's every single death, including um, Buffy's own death, show. including Buffy's own death. Which in the show she very famously has two deaths. She dies twice. Does she? Yeah, um, at the uh, again, sorry, there will be some minor Oh, yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, Buffy, yeah, yeah, but, sorry. Um, yeah, she dies at the end of series one and then comes back like instantly through CPR, and then she dies a bit more of a significant death at the end of season five. But you know, there's two more seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer after that, so it's yeah. not much of a spoiler to say that she comes back after that. Um, but then, and, and, uh, and not as the only Slayer. But not as yeah, so that's how you know some of the new slayers get called as well. That's how we meet um, Kendra and then later Faith. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm a big Buffy nerd. <laughs> no, um, you're not. <laughs> what, what are you talking oh, about? please. Sorry, I love I love as well that you said uh, you don't want it to be a spoiler just in case anyone's not watched it. If they've got to this point, because it ended what twenty one years ago. Oh, 20, oh, and yeah, ended 20 years ago, I think. And, but yeah, yeah I addressed this in the show that like it started 26 years ago now, which like, if you're worried about spoilers for something that started 26 years ago, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah, I, I try not to 
spoil too much out in public but in the show itself it's a it's very much a spoiled yeah, uh, yeah 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 spoiled thing I assume I assume everyone's watched it um even though there's usually and I should say this as well like so my show is accessible whether you've seen Buffy or not like obviously there's a lot in the show for the Buffy nerds and they will get a lot out of it but plenty of people have seen my show who haven't seen any Buffy at all and they've still like got pretty much all of the jokes and like I explain who everyone is and in the show and like so yeah it, it is accessible uh in fact something that slightly annoyed me i've had a i had a couple of like reviews where there were they were people written by people who were themselves buffy fans being like well as a buffy fan i got it right but he he says it's accessible for non-buffy fans but i don't imagine it would be but like buffy fans have told me they'd liked it non-buffy fans have told me they'd liked it and then it's only these people are like, well, I'm a Buffy fan, but I don't think non-Buffy fans would like it. It's like, well, shut up, ask them. Yeah, yeah. But, like I've actually talked to them, and yes, that like some like really good friends of mine and just complete strangers have been like, yeah, like I totally got what was going on the whole time. So yeah, yeah. if you've never seen Buffy, you can still enjoy my show. Well, that's great. See, such so, such is the. Um, I think a lot of people uh, sometimes think like comedy. Uh, they think like it's written just for them. Sometimes, like when it really sort of uh, fits yeah. their niche. Uh, they'll, they'll get excited and be like, "Oh, this is like this is my thing. Like this is just for me." And and, and what's great is like no no noobs are going to come in and just understand it. <laughs> like actually, chances are that comedian has spent a long time ensuring that that is accessible. Because <laughs> exactly, I, yeah. I I do some sort of um, like I talk about uh, like sort of some some clever subjects. I talk about a lot of stupid subjects as well. But um, sure. like it's all quite wordy. But I make sure that I write it to such an extent that I could, for instance, do it in a uh, horrible little pub in Kent, as I did last week. Uh, (laughs) And and it still goes, you know, granted it it wasn't the best gig. The week before, (laughs) however, was was a weird little place in Kent and I had a great time. I don't purely gig in Kent. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you would, I I don't know how you would have survived this long if you had. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I've only ever done one gig in Kent, and it wasn't particularly fun. Yeah, the Kent has that reputation quite a lot. There's some nice ones around. There are quite a few nice ones, but yeah, not, not always. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, I think I and you and like lots of comedians, like yeah, if you're writing especially about very like, esoteric subjects or like yeah, very niche nerdy things or whatever, you can't expect your audience to get what you're talking about straight away so yeah. you have to like build in that explanation into the routines and yeah. yeah um so yeah that's exactly what i've tried to do basically nice good yeah. that is yeah it is funny though the amount of people are like oh this thing is for me you wouldn't like it because uh, you know yeah. it's, it's, it's just so gatekeepy like, like yeah. and like my whole thing is like yeah come along like yeah buffy fans are gonna love it but like everyone's welcome and everyone will enjoy it yeah um and then yes yeah, so i have some people be like well mm, i'm not sure actually is um yeah but talking on behalf of other people very annoying have you had anyone at your shows that's never heard of buffy I don't know if I've ever had anyone that's never heard of it. I've definitely had people that have never seen it. Um, like a few people that have been like brought along by their partner or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, you know, their partner's a big fan, but they've never seen it. I don't They'd know. They'd at least be aware, ones. you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I did once in a in a gig sort of in the lead up to Edinburgh when I was just trying out like ten minutes of the of the material for the show. Um, someone came up to me afterwards and they were like, Well, that's the weirdest ten minutes of my life because my <laughs> name is Buffy. Oh. And like and she was she must have only been about 
21-ish. So like, really? and she had never seen the show, I don't think, but oh, like she was obviously funny. aware of it. So yeah, that was, I think, possibly the weirdest kind of, yeah, just I've never heard someone say my name so often in a 10 minute spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's funny. Uh, funnily enough, I uh, I got, got asked a question about Buffy and that doesn't sound like a an odd thing to bring up. However, <laughs> I was doing, uh, have you ever done ACMS? No, I would love to do ACMS. If they're listening, I would love to do it. Uh, <laughs> I've been to watch ACMS a few, several times. So it's oh, always yeah. good, fun, yeah, good it's, night. It's great fun. I'm doing it in December. Uh, again, I've not done it in years. Last time I did it was in Edinburgh, and this one's at the Phoenix. On I don't Cambridge know. You can, you can look it up, people. I it's it's on my it's on my gig list on my website. But I, so the the whole idea for uh, this is for the listeners. Obviously, you've been uh, the whole idea behind ACMS uh, stands for Alternative Comedy Memorial Society, and it's basically like they they just want weird stuff and like the crowd love it as well they know what they're going for they have catchphrases and they know what the catchphrase like it's that sort of thing it's uh it's it's very very fun it's very very silly uh there's a surprising amount of community behind it and they love failure so like they they don't care what you do but if you go in doing straight stand-up like they'll laugh they'll listen but they won't appreciate you so they want you to do something that that could very likely fail yeah, the um, weirdest, the weirdest possible thing, the better. Absolutely. Uh, so what I did in Edinburgh and what I haven't done since and what I think I might do again when I'm doing it in December is uh, I've got a premise for a show uh, and this will, it will run sort of alongside um, like a stand-up show purely because uh, I won't have to think about writing it because <laughs> to some extent. It's called uh, Ask Deeds. Which is based on nice. the yeah. uh, the defunct search engine uh, Ask Jeeves, whereby uh, I basically just answer like any questions that uh, that people want to know the answers to, but it's 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 based on a, a moderately unreliable search engine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, someone asked me while I was doing that what year uh, Buffy was released, and I got it right, and the crowd went wild <laughs> like, it was so bizarre because it wasn't Is, funny but they loved it <laughs> are you were they referencing or are you the reason because because their thing they have their permitted heckles and uh where like things that the audience are allowed to shout out yeah um and one of them is buffy didn't start until 1997 so i wonder whether they were referencing that or whether that interaction has now gone into oh, like their wow. law and become part of their thing. Oh, maybe it's not um, impossible. But yeah, I mean, you got it right. So oh, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd love that. I also got asked what the lyrics were to "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel, and um, I couldn't at the time. <laughs> Obviously, I know the song now. I knew it then, but like, I just my brain went blank and I didn't know what it was, <laughs> and, I, and I just had a full panic. And uh, uh, yeah. now I've got a bit of stand-up about it. So, oh, uh, yes. But I still don't know the lyrics. Nobody does. <laughs> no. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, ACMS is was the first thing I ever saw at Edinburgh. The first Edinburgh I went to, just like going up to watch stuff. I literally, like, I stepped off the train and an hour later I was in ACMS. And yeah. um, is it Tom Petty? Is that his name? Tom Tuck. Um, no, not Tom Tuck. There was another Tom, I think. Well, Tom I Petty think... is a is a, a, a American singer. Um, oh, maybe it's not him then. Because um, there's Alex Petty who does Laughing Horse. Uh, oh, 
I can't remember who it was, but um, yeah, there was a guy who has worked with them a lot and is a musician and he played the trumpet. And so literally like the first thing I saw at Edinburgh, at the Edinburgh Fringe ever was this guy um, and he had a piccolo trumpet. So this tiny little mini one. Yeah. Um, he put a condom over the end of the trumpet and then asked people to make a suggestion of a scale he could play. And some clever dick said pentatonic scales. So he did, he played pentatonic scales on a piccolo trumpet blowing up a condom and he just kept on playing it until the condom exploded. <laughs> and that was the act. And like, I was hooked. <laughs> like, That's incredible. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I've seen that guy playing trumpet. I'm trying to remember his name now. Steve Pretty or Petty? I can't remember. I think he does stuff with the Hackney Colliery Band. <laughs> that is uh, some niche knowledge. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll find out and, and add it in at the end, but uh, probably not, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, look it up and, uh, and text you. Yeah, um, that is. it's a wild show. It's so much fun. See, one thing, I, no, again, I've not, I've not been booked for them, but um, your suggestion of like, kind of not having to think of the material and having a thing where people ask you questions something which I had I had an idea for the Buffy show that you know basically if I needed to stretch out the time uh, but I, I ended up not needing to use it because I'd written enough material uh, amazingly but because I've got the spreadsheet of all 828 deaths in Buffy I was going to get the audience to just shout out any number between 1 and 828 I would look it up on the spreadsheet and then talk about that particular death oh amazing um, I, I thought you were going to say that you're like, going to remember what it was oh no I wouldn't have been able to there are a couple that I know off by heart just because they're ones I talk about in the show but like yeah I wouldn't but I, I I know enough that I could look at it in the spreadsheet and go oh yeah that's that moment and then describe it um I only ever tried it on stage once at a really horrible open mic that you know I can't really judge anything by yeah, um, yeah. I ended up doing it as a sort of Instagram game uh during the fringe actually when I was like sort of trying to promote the show and I was oh, like cool. oh send me a number and then I'll do I'll talk about it and like, I found the screenshots of those things nice um, so yeah it's a I like those kind of improvised bits based on audience yeah stuff. yeah i've got and i've got another bit which i think might make it into the uh, ask dave show or it might just become a bit of stand-up that i keep normally because i do a few bits where i sort of i ask for audience suggestions of one thing and then like you, you sort of give the answer to it but i think in a sort of a reddit quiz style section um I've only done it once so far, but it's very fun, is basically I ask uh, people's favourite type of stationery and I'll tell them what type of personality they have based on uh, based on oh, their nice. favourite type of stationery. Um, have, have you done that on stage before? Just the once. I may, maybe I saw that. No, it was a couple of no. weeks ago. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. No. Uh, you might be thinking of, I do, uh, so the problem is there's, there's uh, some level of similarity I think it's different enough to uh, sure. Olaf Falafel asks for your favourite type of biscuit and he tells you your personality type based on that. Oh, he does do that. Yeah. 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 But I it's, I do it differently. So it's not, yeah. it's not yeah, quite the yeah, same. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, not accusing you of uh, stepping on anyone else's toes. But I, it was something I was conscious of when I was uh, coming up with it. Uh, the other bit that you may have seen me do, uh, if you are particularly thinking of me, is the uh, bit where I ask for the anthropomorphized animals from kids' stories, uh, or ask for kids' stories with anthropomorphized animals in. Oh, that does ring a bell. And I, I turn those, uh, I turn the animals back into people and tell them what the story would become. 
Uh, yes, I think I have seen you do that. That was great. Yeah, yeah thanks. I still, still do it. Yeah. It's still in my <laughs> still in my club set because I just love oh, it. Oh, absolutely! Like once you've got a good bit, I mean, I'm still. I I wrote something in 2017 that is possibly the best five minutes I've ever written. I'll still do it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I mean, I started in 2014, and I wrote what is still my club closer, possibly in 2014. Like possibly the same year, yeah. but it's such a good bit that uh, I, d- I do it. And like nine times out of 10, it gets uh, an applause break. So, yeah, you know. I mean, why throw it away? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When it still works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. It's good. Good bit. But the uh, the, the kids stories bit is um, it's in my the show that I'm touring next year uh, oh, nice. in, in Best Thing Ever. So, uh, yeah. But I just I, I, like. You know, it's different every time, so I, I still don't think it's going to burn the bit. I still be able to keep it. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Which is nice. Good, right? Cool. Yeah, we've we've waffled somewhat. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. Not sorry. Not not waffled at all. We're talking about your show. Um, <laughs> what tea have you got? What? Uh, so, uh, what have I got? I've got. I looked it up because I. Um, decant my teas into tins so oh, um, you got loose but i looked up what it was so it's um it's from the rare tea company Ooh. um and it's just the the rare afternoon tea okay um it's very nice so um yeah i've basically i've got a system for I, so when we were planning this i very specifically asked if this could be at three o'clock um, because three o'clock is my sh- sort of watershed moment for where I can switch over to afternoon teas. Okay. Uh, basically, I have a very like I have a quite a late sleep cycle, and like before two o'clock, it's definitely not the afternoon. Um, but yeah, so so I, I wanted to make sure that this was definitely in the realm of afternoon teas. Um, and yeah, it's it's very tasty. Um, I've I'm on cup two of my pot. Lovely. With milk? Um, with milk. Um, now, it's sort of... So, on the tasting notes for this Yeah, go tea, on, tell me about it. It's a black tea, so is it? It's a black tea. Um, so, the tasting notes for this say, there are notes of chocolate and malty richness. Ooh. With a short infusion, you can find a silky subtlety with intense cacao aromas. With a longer extraction and milk, the tea becomes creamier, and the malty milk chocolate flavors develop even further. And I would, I would say that's that's pretty fair. It's sort of some vague chocolatey airs to it. Um, so I do have it with milk. I'm, I'm very much in the. I don't know if you've read the or if people have brought up on the podcast before the Douglas Adams description of making a cup of tea. Uh, um, maybe I don't think so. He, he wrote this sort of short kind of essay on how to make a cup of tea. And a, a, a big part of it, which I totally agree with, is, yeah, there are sort of rules of what you should and shouldn't do, but also do whatever you like. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, And he talks about Earl Grey and how, like, the correct thing is to have Earl Grey with either nothing or with a slice of lemon. But he's like, I don't care. I like it with milk. I'm going to have it with milk. And I agree with him. <laughs> so, like, nice. I, yeah. So this isn't an Earl Grey, although I do consider Earl Grey an alternative afternoon tea. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I've had uh, I've had like three Earl Greys, and I would say I liked one, uh, I disliked one, and I was indifferent to another one. But the one that I disliked, I disliked enough that I thought, ah, I don't want to chance it. Yeah, fair. Don't want to choose but- that as my tea, and then 
have to accept that I've got a tea that I don't like. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck with a whole packet of something that you're not going to get through. Yeah. So, so like I said, I've got this sort of the system of what I'll drink at what time of the day. And I've I've got my, my tea tins out. So I thought I would, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity to show them off. Yes, please. Because um, I've got basically I have a, a, a breakfast tea for the morning. I've got a tea that is for the afternoon and a tea for the evening, which is usually like a caffeine free uh, red bush uh, thing. Oh, yes, um, and so I've got three different teas. So I've got one that has the, the letter T on it for tea, because that's your standard breakfast tea. Sure. Uh, what is that? Uh, uh, so that at the moment is uh, Wittard's Chelsea breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, a friend of mine then... got me uh, a box of uh, Wittard's, uh, like, just a selection box of loads of different ones for like a Christmas. And it's uh, it's delightful. Yeah, I'm, Wittard's is my go-to. So the if I, I I'm on the 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 one I'm drinking at the moment, the afternoon tea from the rare tea company that was bought through like one of like my cousin gave me a voucher for tea from that company, and it's very good, but it's quite expensive because like Wittard's I wouldn't buy it without a voucher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say. Like Wittard's is you know not at the cheap end of tea, but this is like twice the price of Wittard's. <laughs> bloody hell is it really so like wittards is usually like about eight pounds for 100 grams of loose leaf tea yeah. whereas this was eight eight pounds for 50 grams of loose leaf tea so christ literally double literally that's... double wow um but yeah so i've got my chelsea breakfast in my tin with a tea on it for tea um then i've got yeah um also a wittards ruibos i never know how to pronounce that word is ah, right. this has Ruibos? come on uh this is this has come up a lot of times and there was someone sort of moderately early on who very, very confidently pronounced it Roy Bosch. And Roy I've, Bosch. Just, I've gone with that ever since. Sure. that Well, Redbush, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I usually just default to Redbush because it saves the problem. Roy Bosch. Um, Roy Bosch. So that's, that's the Roy thing. Bosch is in the evening one. Oh, it's, an, it's one. an E. An E for evening. And then I've got the one I'm currently drinking in A for afternoon. That's so good. Now, <laughs> so you can you can put them up on your side and it says T-E-A. But the slightly annoying thing, of course, is that in order for it to spell T, you have to put it in chronologically the wrong order. Yeah. Because, of course, it should be T for breakfast and then A for afternoon and E for evening. So then you've got T-A-E, which isn't a word. Yeah, but you could do really that annoying. and then just tell people it's, it's Welsh. Which Yeah, yeah. sure. And the, and most people will probably believe you. They'll just believe that, yeah. So yeah, so I've got my my tea tins. Uh, That's my great. three daily teas. I right. don't always drink all three of them every day, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to have your routine. When I uh, I, I put out a, a photo for the podcast, and it's always got like I'll, I'll ask for you holding your cup, but also could you include those tins? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. then put them in the correct order. You, you decide what that is. Okay, I'll put them in. Oh God, yeah. Put, put them in the Welsh order, or the, or the English order. It's up to you. Yes, I'll put them in the correct order for the spelling, but not for the chronology. It it irks me every day that it's wrong. Um, yeah. But like, I think it would also irk me that it doesn't spell T the other way around. Yeah. It's uh yeah that is a shame. You could pretend in your mind that the the first T is actually the last thing that you have of the day. Uh, and then you pretend that your first tea is an evening tea, and then in the morning you wake up and have your tea and have your afternoon, and then it's just estimated time of arrival. Yes, that's yeah. Uh, so I such nonsense. I only ever sleep between sort of six p.m. and eleven p.m. and then yeah. 
That's all right. Yeah, okay, sorry. I t- took your... That's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah ETA. Um, also got, you know, eat in there or eight. Even. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got all sorts of options, but... Or, or the Welsh tea. I mean, or that might actually tea. be correct as well. I've, I've, I've said it. I've, it's, I, mean, I don't imagine it is. <laughs> that would be... If that... I'm going to look up whether that is well, uh, tea, tea in Welsh. And yeah. if it is, that would be a nice excuse to. Uh, are you are you Google translating? I mean, right now? we've got it here, haven't we? Uh, right, let's go English to Welsh. I apologise to any Welsh listeners that are screaming at their headphones. <laughs> it's, it's just tea, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's not actually. Oh no. It's uh, it, well, it it is, but it's just T E. Ah. Yeah. Other translations of T. Uh, D-E, which is uh, South South Wales, uh, the, T-H-E, and N-H-E. So, yeah, none, none of those work for you. None of those really help. No, no. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we've we've got the facts. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and now, now you can't spell it T-A-E. I've, ru- I've, I've, both, I've come up with a solution and ruined it for you in uh, yeah, one fell swoop. Yeah. Dangled a, a wonderful solution in front of me and then thrown it away. Yeah, apologies. Now for the level to which you drink tea, I feel as though, like you, I feel as though you've got a level of respect for tea that suggests that you might not dunk a biscuit. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do take tea very seriously. Um, but no, I'm a big dunker. Um, okay. I'm, I'm slightly annoyed. I don't have any biscuits in the house at the moment. I, I would love to be dunking a biscuit right now. Now, if you had your choice of biscuit to dunk what would that biscuit be oh well it depends because i i'm I'm a big i've got a big sweet tooth like if this were off menu you know the the pudding choices would be huge so like any kind of chocolatey anything like yeah big fan um do you know what's a real treat actually and i only ever do this when when i go and give blood is an orange club biscuit um they always have the orange and the mint clubs when you go and give blood it's great I've nearly um, always got those in my fridge anyway. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I don't know, so some sort of chocolatey biscuit. But then there is something to be said. If, you, if you're going the sort of not wanting to uh, detract too much from the tea, you know, your, your classic rich tea biscuit is, is a good dunker. Like, it's there for a reason. It's a great dunker, but structurally not great when moist. You have to be careful, yeah, because it takes on... I watch, I don't know if this has been referenced on your podcast before, but I can remember there was an episode of Brainiac when, in about 2003 or something, where they uh, tried to measure the best t- biscuit for dunking, and it was rich tea because it absorbs them, and it was like the number of biscuits before you've emptied a whole cup of tea. Okay. Um, and I think rich tea won that because it's the most absorbent of the biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I get that, yeah. But then, uh, which is all well and good because you can absorb loads as long as you pick that biscuit up before it drops off. And yes. dang- you don't have to eat it, though. You just dangle it above your mouth and it falls in. <laughs> yes, that is. It's it's all about timing, I think, with the rich tea. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you've I, got to get some practice in. I do like when you dunk a chocolate biscuit in. I do like that, you know, that sort of when the chocolate just gets that slightly bit melty. And then, yeah, that's... Um, but preferably not enough to then drip chocolate into your tea. Yeah, yeah. Because I do you have sugar in your tea? I don't. No, no. of course not. I didn't. Think, I didn't no. think you would do. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't like. I, I used to, and then just sort of like uh, bit by bit, like had half the amount that I 
did previously and then half and then half and then half and then eventually like now if there's any anything sweet in my tea i've got no interest unless it's supposed to be uh, some kind of berry tea like a hibiscus yeah i'd i'd rather i'd rather a, a savory tea but with a nice sweet biscuit yeah uh, shortbread as well a big fan of oh, shortbread tea. yeah i love shortbread yeah. uh, now have you tried here's a little treat for you Audi do their own version of them, which have about eight biscuits in, which is, that's going to be my suggestion, but it's the Audi version of the Fox's biscuits. And when I say Fox's, I mean, like, they make a packet of five, like, just really thick, like, cookies. Oh, yeah. They're quite absorbent, but structurally, they're also quite good. Oh, fantastic. But they're just, they're they're just slightly nicer than your normal biscuit. But, like I say, for instance, your girlfriend's just moved into your flat, you wouldn't be able to share a pack with her because you'd have two each and then you'd fight over the last one. Oh, it's all right. She uh, she can't have dairy, so anything with any form of milk or butter in it is all mine. Wonderful. So, yeah. yeah, then make sure you get a milk chocolate one, uh, milk, choc- milk chocolate chip, and then you're all good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just have all of them. But yeah, uh, also Audi do their own version that have like eight in the pack. Uh, so uh, yeah, do do that. Get those easier things. to share. Not that you'll want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they do loads of nice different. So I've gone off and uh, what what are we talking about? Tea. Um, Tea. Yeah. This is uh, this is nice actually. Uh, this uh, I I don't often have people on here who are that into tea or that willing to sort of talk about it so like whilst this is called the comedian's tea party rarely do we talk about tea to any sort of great extent i i can talk about tea forever so in fact in my buffy show there is a point where like i stopped talking about buffy for a bit and talk about myself (laughs) and uh of course i've got uh i mentioned earlier on that like i can't have afternoon tea until like 3 p.m i've got a um a flow chart of like my decision-making process of what tea I'm going to drink at what point in the day. Oh, uh, incredible. If it wasn't for the fact that you're about to tour this and this is intended to promote that, I would ask you to uh, tell me all about that. Uh, let's say when uh, when that show is uh, dead and gone, uh, <laughs> you come back on the podcast and tell me all about it. Excellent, I will do. Yeah, yeah. So if, while, we're, while we're getting into the nitty-gritty of Go tea... On. Can I, I just, I don't feel there's a better soapbox for this. Um, so a thing that I find incredibly tedious for a couple of reasons is when people have the, like, the big discussion about milk in first uh-huh. or not, partly just because it's been done to death and it's like, okay, I mean, in this scenario, if that's one of the questions that you often ask, that's reasonable. This is a podcast dedicated to people liking tea. But like, when people not. just poke uh when people like pose it on twitter or like have an opinion like i'm just like i'm so bored of it but this the undercurrent to that is i do actually have very strong opinions about it i just can't be bothered to share share them most of the time and i think it's because when people say do you put the milk in first or last they're missing out a vital question sub question in that which is is are, are you making well what tea is it but also are you making like tea in a cup or are you making tea in a pot because the milk situation is different for those two scenarios, I would say. Sorry, do you put milk in your teapot? No, I don't. Okay. But like that's no. But like if you're just making a cup of tea, like in a cup, right bag in mug, like I absolutely agree that milk is like the last thing that gets added to that. Uh-huh. But if you're making tea in a pot, you make the tea in the pot and then I put the milk in the cup first and pour the tea onto the milk. Yeah, okay. So like 
in that case, you you could say that I'm putting the milk in first in that scenario. So when I say, oh, I'm putting the milk in first, people have this idea of milk meeting raw tea bag, and that is not what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think this is a this is a subset of that particular question that no one ever addresses, and I feel yeah, like this no, is this one. is my opportunity. <laughs> there are I've seen. Um... Uh, I can't. I can't think of who it is, but there's there's some uh, tea bags that uh, that I've had in the past where they've specified on there uh, that you should steep the bag in the milk first, uh, and that is oh, wow. that is in cup, and that is because I've seen many theories about it that tea, the flavour of tea, steeps differently when it's put into milk first. So if you ever put a tea, and I don't, I don't think it's true of every tea bag. I think many of them will recommend that you put uh, water in first. Incidentally, there's an interesting thing about uh, whether or not you should put like 100 degree water in, or uh, I've seen a lot saying 80 is the perfect temperature because 100 yeah. degrees again, I think it can depends on burn, what kind of tea you've leaves. got as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if you you know if it's a like a Tetley's, then it, honestly, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that flavor is not going to get any better. It's just, it's fine. Don't get me wrong, but it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. You could put any temperature water in that, and that will be <laughs> that. That tea will always taste the same. Yeah. But yeah, there's some. Yeah, and they specify that you put it in milk first. And uh, I've done it, and quite frankly, uh, I haven't noticed a difference. <laughs> Fair I wonder if nothing. that's like with more like chai, because like I've had some. Like authentic Indian chai, and the whole point of that is that it's very milky and very sweet. So I'd imagine that, yeah, like if you're steeping chai in milk, that gets the more kind of authentic thing. Yeah, especially with like a right? chai latte, because that's you know frothy milk, isn't it? So I didn't realize. So I don't drink coffee at all, mm. and for years I never realized that a chai latte is literally just like chai with milk because the word latte i know obviously the word latte means milk but to me it's got the word coffee attached to it yeah. so like i assumed it was like chai with coffee and that baffled me so i just never had one and yeah, then yeah. i only really recently discovered that yeah no there's no coffee in a chai latte yeah there was someone who um I can't remember who I was talking to, but they said like they they don't like tea. Basically, we were talking about going to like a Starbucks, and they said, "Oh, I love a chai latte," and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's tea. That's, that's tea." <laughs> and they said, uh, "No, it's coffee. It's latte." And I was like, "No, no, no. Chai means tea." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like when people say they want like a chai tea. It's like no, you're saying you're saying tea tea. It's like an ATM machine. Same same oh, deal. Yeah. yeah, pin number. Yeah, drives me mad. Drives me mad. Yeah, but yeah, so no, yeah, chai latte is just a just a chai, chai just just a chai, chai with tea. Milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in fact, while we're on Starbucks, well, I so I I don't know if I've made it like all of my tea that I have at home is loose leaf, and I've got like a teapot with an infuser in it, and like when I'm out and about, I basically I refuse to pay for tea that is just a bag in a cup. Okay. Like out and about, because I think if you're in a cafe or whatever. You want like the full pro and it annoys me that like the culture has shifted so far towards like coffee shops where those coffee shops now don't know how to serve tea. So I, I have I have incredible brand loyalty to Costa because they're the only one of the major chains that ser that routinely serves tea in a pot. Oh, really? All of the others will just give you a cup with a bag in it, but Costa do actually have teapots. Yeah. Um 
Yeah. Uh, what I will say for Starbucks is they uh, they deal exclusively with Tivana, which uh, is, uh, as a bag, delicious. I mean, I don't really necessarily have anything against tea bags, and I quite often, like, I don't really mind a tea bag in a pot. Like, it doesn't, just because you're using a pot doesn't mean it has to be loose leaf. But, yeah. Like, I just, that process of letting it steep in a thing that isn't what you're drinking it straight out of, and then you can, you know, balance what you've brewed with the milk or whatever. Like, I like that pro- that process. Yeah, it's quite, uh, uh, I like the uh, I like the ceremony of making a, a loose leaf tea. Exactly. Like, I, I find it quite meditative, actually. Like, I really like, so I also, because I'm incredibly pretentious, I have a stovetop whistling kettle. Have you really? So, um, so yeah, like, I quite like it. Like, every morning, I'll just go to my kitchen. And I'll, like, you know, put the kettle on the stove. And then I'll, yeah, you know, sluice out yesterday's tea leaves, put some more tea leaves in. And, yeah, the process. And, obviously, like, it takes quite a while for that water to boil. And then, like, I've got the timings kind of down. But it basically means, like, it takes 10 minutes for the kettle to boil. 10 minutes for the pot to steep and then 10 minutes for my cup to cool down. So like a nice cup of tea takes half an hour. Yeah. Oh, and I man. quite like how sort of slow and ceremonial that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. I love that. This is honestly, uh, <laughs> I've not, I've not talked about tea this much uh, in um, however many episodes. And I'm sorry for keeping you on so on task. This has been <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I, don't, I, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it. Yeah, lovely. Because I'm not even that mad. Like, don't I mean? Not, I was going to say I'm not even that mad on tea. Like, I, I, I am. I love tea. Uh, I love loads of different types. But because I don't get to talk about it that often, I sort of, I think I forget uh, how much I, I like it. Yeah, it's no. I'm a big. Basically, I think when I realised that I liked tea and didn't like coffee, I was like, well, you know. I, again, once I went into a very fancy coffee shop that took coffee incredibly seriously, and then I went up and ordered, and I asked, oh, do you serve tea in a pot? And the guy just sort of laughed at me as if saying, no, why would we do that? Yeah. And I kind of, I said, I said to him, I was like, you know how seriously you take coffee? <laughs> That's how seriously I take tea. Yeah. Like not one of us is more laughable than the other. Like they are equal things. Um, um, but yeah. There was a tea shop in Bath that I went to many, many years ago. Uh, it was during the, uh, the Bath Comedy Festival. I drove up there with Chelsea Hart. Do you know Chelsea? Oh, yeah. And when we got there, we just said like, "Oh, just want to find like a tea shop, like just write, just like sit down. I've got to like write some notes on my show and blah blah blah." Uh, yeah. So we found this place, and they had like twelve pots of uh, of, of different loose leaf teas, oh, and nice. you could choose your own blend uh, and say like sort of what percentage of what, and it was just yeah, it's great. Oh, that's nice. If, yeah. If- that cafe were near my house. I don't know if I would ever go anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be dangerous. Well, not dangerous, yeah. it'd be wonderful. <laughs> it'd be <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but like there's a there's a tea room not too far from me. And I should go in there really because because it's, it's not too far from me. But I uh, I always just assume whenever I see a tea room, I just it's probably it's probably just going to be like your average sort of tea. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of yeah places that even build themselves specifically as tea rooms they don't they don't take tea as seriously as we do. Yeah, like chances are they've just got they've just got a couple of different bags and that's yeah. it. I did. Th- it's actually there's a place called I think it's Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Uh, we went there for an afternoon tea to for a celebration for my parents' birthdays. They both got them similar 
times and uh, their anniversary recently seen uh, Leon C near me and we went in there and like they, they had a sort of a, a proper list of tea not loads like seven eight different teas and I had uh, oh god it's gonna drive me mad now I can't remember what it was it was a, it was a Japanese tea with it was like bergamot and rose uh, and uh, like a couple of other things and it was just yeah it was lovely it's a white tea it was great oh I've I've only ever had one white tea, and I don't know if it was the white tea in general or if it was that one specific one that I would just like it. It was disgusting, <laughs> but I think that might have been like that specific blend. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to write off all white tea forever. Funnily enough, there's a uh, a Whitard's white tea that was in mm. my in my pack. Like, I'll find out yeah. what it is, and I'll tell you later when I go home because I'm at my parents currently because they're looking after the baby but uh yeah it was, it was incredible it was really really good uh, oh god tea yeah <laughs> man tea great right cool we uh, we should move on <laughs> fair fair enough this has been an awful lot about tea nothing wrong with that because this is a tea based podcast but it is you know well to uh, i could br- very briefly uh sorry i i'll let you be in charge because you know you're <laughs> you're the host no go on I was going to segue back towards my show. I do. I have brought because I'm drinking out of a Buffy themed mug at the moment. And oh, that is okay. Yeah. Um, it's the again for listeners. It's the yellow kiss the librarian mug that uh, Giles has in season four and uh, serves um, blood to spike uh, via a straw in this mug. Um, and I've I used it in all of the promotional photos of me for the show that I use. I've put this mug sort of strategically on my desk. But I this is one of four Buffy mugs that I drink tea out of regularly, just to show you my tea and Buffy nerdery levels. Yeah. Um, so I've got that one. I've also got this one, which has got a picture of Spike on it. And it says cup of tea, cup of tea, almost got shagged cup of tea, which is a quote uh, from the opening of season six where he is taunting Giles for what his life is like. I've also got this one, which um, uh, says Buffy will patrol tonight. And it's got a sketch of Buffy that uh, Giles did in the season four episode, Hush, where he uh, they all lose their voices and he does this sort of overhead projector thing and he has to explain the plan. And it has this slide, Buffy will patrol tonight with a very bad sketch of Buffy. I've got that on a mug. And then finally, I've got... Um, this is uh, the Sunnydale, California, the Magic Box logo. And I think this isn't something that's directly from the show. I think this is like uh, an independent creator has done this. But like the Magic Box is the magic shop in yeah. the show that, again, Giles owns uh, in the later series um, and becomes sort of the team HQ. So, yeah, th- those are my Buffy mugs that I just thought I would uh, bring along to, to show you. That's great, man. Have you got anything <laughs> else before we carry on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it, basically. Cool. Oh, oh the, also, actually, this is something that my girlfriend said was the nerdiest thing I own, um, which is what a friend got me. And it's a cookie jar. So, again, it's keeping on the tea and biscuits theme. It's where I keep my biscuits. And it's just, it's a normal cookie jar, but it's got mm, Fashnik engraved in it, which the real Buffy nerds will know is when, uh, is a, the name of a demon in the show. And they, they talk about mm, Fashnik the demon and the character Dawn says, oh, mm, Fashnik, like mm, cookies. <laughs> so I now have a cookie jar with mm, Fashnik on it, which yes, I have oh, been reliably great. informed is the nerdiest thing that I own among strong competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say that is strong competition because as soon as you said it was the nerdiest thing you own, 
I thought, well, this is exciting because I've already seen some of what you own. You've, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've seen the Golden it's Snitch teapot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Amazing. I, for the sake of uh, uh, talk, talking about teas and mugs, uh, I've got I've got this, which is my uh, the comedian's tea party of Sideves mug. It's excellent. Uh, and that was my ex uh, got me two of those for when I record podcasts. Uh, oh, however, interestingly, um, the have you ever heard of a band called Reuben? Have you frozen, or do you not know? I don't think I have. <laughs> A bit of both. Yeah, there was a there was a moment there. I wasn't quite sure. So basically, there's um, the singer from Rubens, a guy called Jamie Lennon, who I had. Uh, he's also a, a solo artist now. Well, you know, he's got he's got a band, but uh, it's all it's all his writing. But I had him as a guest on the podcast a while ago during lockdown, and uh, he is also a graphic designer, and he is going to be designing my merch. Which uh, so nice. Ruben are like one of my favourite bands. Uh, so yeah, it's like it's it's very cool. Not only that I had him on the podcast, like I sort of I, I know him to some extent through you know like if I saw him in the street, I'd be able to talk to him. It's, it's that level of knowing him, uh, which that's, is that's really nice. Like I think that's something like being a performer and like in you know the artistic world. Like one of the best things is yeah, kind of meeting and then even like creatively collaborating with other artists that yeah. you think are really great. Like. Yeah, it's a really great feeling. Yeah, so he's going to be doing my merch. So I'm going to be I'm going to be able to sell mugs and t-shirts, and uh, I'm looking into possibly badges. And I want a mouse mat with his artwork <laughs> on it as well. So uh, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm certainly going to make one of those for myself. There's a particular website where basically the, the the way for me to make the most amount of money from it would be if I held all the stock and then sent it out however that means that i'd need to hold all the stock when i say all the stock i don't think i'm going to be selling like excessive amounts so i could probably just have like a couple of boxes yeah Um, but still it takes up space yeah Yeah. but there's there's a uh, a website where i can get stuff like i basically just upload the designs and then i get a a smaller profit but uh, i don't have to hold all the stock they make them to order Oh, that's good. Which yeah. is uh, which is quite good. So I may do that, and they because they also make like individual items, so I can get a, a mouse mat made by them. <laughs> so I've I've had a similar like thought process with. So like I said, I've got the Kiss the Librarian mug, which I I've had for several years now, and it was just made by like an independent maker on Etsy or something, yeah. and it's hand painted to look like the one in the show. Oh, great. Um, and I also at the same time I bought one for a friend of mine and hers subsequently broke so I went back to see if I could buy another one and the guy that did that did them has stopped selling them and I messaged him being like is there any way to get them and basically there are a few places that do like attempts at it but they're all slightly wrong like they don't quite look like the one on the show yeah um they're usually they're white mugs that have been printed yellow rather than yellow mugs uh-huh. And I messaged it, this guy and he was like, yeah, I can't really do it anymore because it's really hard to find just plain yellow mugs. Like no one's selling them anywhere. Um, and so I did briefly in the run up to my Edinburgh show, briefly look into whether I could like, exactly as you've said, like organ- like arrange for a whole load of them to be made. Yeah. And that could be my merch for the show. Um, but yeah, it would involve like me having at least 200 mugs just sitting in my flat at any one time. That's <laughs> an awful lot. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, it's not, uh, not ideal. Yeah. But, might, you know, I'm... hey, if if listeners to this podcast would like it, message me and yeah. I can maybe look into organising There that. may be demand. You never know. 
Yeah. You never know. I because I, I I'm planning to do some uh, live shows, like live live recordings of this podcast as well. And the thing is, uh, the the wonderful thing is, uh, Jamie Lemon is uh, a, a, a wonderful sort of cult. Uh, he has a wonderful sort of cult status as well. Uh, like he has his own festival and stuff. So I know full well that there will be Jamie Lemon fans out there who will just buy the stuff because he made it. So, um, yeah, so it's working on sort of two levels. <laughs> so, it's, uh, you know, advertising for myself and uh, and and like, I, I get to have merch made by him. Even if I'm the only one that buys it, I still get to have something cool, you know. That's like still some, very cool. Like, if, yeah. Uh, but I, I already know that I'm not the only one who's going to buy it. So <laughs> that's all good. Anyway. The point being, if I do live shows of it, I want to ha- I want to be able to take some merch with me, sell it while I'm there. But then, you know, I don't have to take too much stuff, like ten mugs or whatever. I'm not going to. I don't imagine it's yeah. going to sell loads. Uh, and the tea I had was right. So there's a thing on this podcast, like c- classically, where I always bang on about how much I love the Smuggler's Brew, which is uh, made by a Cornish Tea Company, Cornish Tea Ooh. and Coffee Company, and it's basically like I've always described it as tasting like. Like Yorkshire tea, which is most people sort of, you know, that's that's my staple. Like if you can have a, a basic tea in your household, that is the one. And it's like Yorkshire tea, but just turned up a little bit. Like there's a bit more of a, a slightly floral flavour without being sort of a, a overbearing like many teas can be. And, you know, I like some of those teas. Uh, for instance, the Tivana tea that uh, Starbucks do is mm. uh, like a sort of a more floral version of that. Uh, I love that. I don't think it's for everyone. But the but but I, I do think that um, Smuggler's Brew is. However, they uh, since I've lived where I now live, there's a uh, a little deli place down the road that sell made by the same company. So it's got the parent company of uh, Cornish Tea. Yeah. There's Essex Tea, um, ah. called Saxon Brew, which is basically. Uh, like they 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 make it so I don't know where else in the country it's available. It's probably around other places, but they 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 make it so that it it works particularly uh, with the type of water. Oh, with the local water, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They've found a blend that sort of works especially with uh, water. So that's what I've had, and it's uh, it's that. delicious. Oh, but the thing on the podcast is I've been banging on about it for ages and ages and ages, <laughs> and I keep emailing them saying like, "Do you want to send me some?" and I, I just I stopped after a while because they weren't replying. And then the other day I saw something in my uh, in the tea party email address, and I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna email them again. And uh, and then and then they replied this time and said, Yeah, we'll send you some tea. So they're oh, sending brilliant. me some uh, they're sending me some tea now. So it's finally happening, which nice. is very very exciting indeed. Anyway, this actually was waffle. <laughs> that didn't need talking <laughs> no, about no, today. That was, that was fantastic. So I do have I have other questions that aren't tea based. Sure. And uh, what is the best thing you've ever seen someone get ex- unexpectedly excited about? Uh, oh God! Now I'll give you an example, which might give you a little bit of time to think. Uh, when I was in Cornwall on holiday with uh, with, with with some friends, I'd say some friends. It's uh, my friend, his ex, and my ex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while we were there, we were walking along and. Uh, um, I saw like a group of reprobates sort of walking towards us. Like they, they looked like they were going to be real thugs and like start some trouble or whatever. And we were in a sort of fairly quiet town, so I didn't think much was going to happen. But like, you know, they seemed sort of slightly threatening anyway. And then they walked past a car with uh, following the classic prank, they had the windscreen wipers up. And they, one of them stopped, who I would describe as the leader of the gang, and just said, Oh my god, boys! Have you seen this? This is amazing. That's so funny, and like they just—they loved it so much. They got so overexcited about these windscreen wipers being 
poked up in the air and I was like that is the best like small town excitement I've ever seen <laughs> and like coming from like, these potential reprobates as well I was like that is that's wonderful that's lovely now you very kindly told that wonderful anecdote to give me time to think yeah, and yeah. It, during I, all that time I haven't been able to think of anything I like I saw a look on your face that said that you were too interested in that story to be thinking about it's, it's <laughs> good, the answer it's a good story um or it could be something that you've been unexpectedly excited about like uh i don't know seeing a chocolate bar that you like in a shop that you thought they stopped making well <laughs> I, I, so in fact i've already referenced it but like the fact that the first time i went to give blood and they had the orange and the mint club biscuits and i was so excited because i hadn't seen them in years like yeah. they're not readily available in a lot of places or like a lot yeah it's not the kind of go to snack and i was so delighted that they had them and then um last especially again, if you're already lightheaded from <laughs> from a lack of blood you say that <laughs> exactly and these for it's, everyone yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. was i was honestly i was giddy and then <laughs> I gave blood just before Christmas last year and they didn't have the clubs and they did have mince pies and I absolutely detest mince pies and I was so gutted because I was like, they've taken away my joy and they've replaced it with this thing that I hate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the last time that I gave blood, went back and gave blood and they had the, uh, they had the, the club biscuits back, honestly. Like, it gives me so much delight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. nice. That's a nice one. Lovely. What's the best lie you've ever been told? The best lie I've ever been told? Yeah. Bloody hell. Um, Kate McGann told me that she knows someone who, like, their nan told her grandsons that um, only women can see rain outside. So when they were like, oh, can I go outside and play? She's like, no, no, it's raining. And they were like, no, it's not. She said, yeah, only women can see rain outside. <laughs> That so that rings that makes me think of so it's not a lie that I've personally been told. This is a story my mum used to tell about a lie that she was told as a kid. She so she had a cat, and the cat had a bell round its neck, and she once and her aunt she had this aunt who like would just spin these tales, and she once sort of said to her aunt she was like, "How can the cat?" catch birds when it's got a bell around its neck like doesn't the bell ringing like set the bird off and her aunt managed to convince her that when the cat was stalking the birds it put one paw over its bell to hold it <laughs> quiet and managed to pounce with three legs um and she believed that for absolute years <laughs> so i think that's a pretty good lie the other one that i think the same aunt told my mum again was um based on a question she had so my mum grew up in doncaster and as you'll have seen like you know like fire engines the standard fire engine is made by the company dennis and uh -huh. it has dennis written on the front and again as a child my mum once asked you know oh why are all the fire engines called dennis and uh, and yeah her aunt basically convinced her that that that's what the the doncaster fire service had all elected to call their fire <laughs> engines and every town they called their fire engines a different name um, so yeah, those are. I think those are some pretty fun lies to tell children. They're great. Yeah, they're lovely, wonderful yeah. stuff. Right. Let's see. Is there one more? What? I'm going to read this out loud and see if it makes sense. I don't. I don't think it does make sense. What's the most scared you've ever been about something you've done, or what have you tried to do to someone else and done to yourself by mistake? 
Okay, right, I know what that means. So I once uh, <laughs> I once told someone um, a story. So we, we were just uh, like out walking in like some sort of grassy lands. It was uh, it, it wasn't a woods, but it was like I think it's like moor adjacent. So we're walking along <laughs> like this sort of like grassy knoll in like dark. It was really really dark. And I managed to uh, tell them a, a scary story because we were just telling each other scary stories. We were younger. And when I say younger, in our 20s. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> we were just trying to tell each other scary stories to scare each other. And I told a story that was so scary that I scared myself. Incredible work. <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting really paranoid and had to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, have I ever done a, tried to be scary and then ended up scaring myself? I don't know. There is, like... I think it was during lockdown, uh, at the start of the pandemic, I went back and like moved in back in with my parents for a few months um, uh-huh. and back in Devon. And there was this tree outside and like in the tree, in the leaves in the tree, like I could make out a face. And like, oh, yeah, I was a grown adult. I was 30 years old. I wasn't like scared that there was like a ghost in the tree or something like that. But like, it was kind of weird that like, I mean, I know that's sort of what humans do, you know, you find faces in things, but yeah. like, it wasn't just an accident of the way the leaves happened to be arranged one day. Like I found it like day after day, I, I found myself like staring at this face in the leaves. That was kind of weird. Like some sort of green man situation. Yeah, that is weird. I, um, in, was it the last show? No, the, the show before I played a game, which I called was it guess guess what i thought i saw when i was tired <laughs> maybe that's it whereby i'd hold up uh like pictures of things that i saw or like you know i'd like photoshop uh recreated images of things that i would have seen and asked audiences to guess what it was i thought i saw when i was tired nice. um yeah and one of those was it was when i was younger and i was a child uh obviously that's when you're young uh <laughs> I uh, there was repeatedly every time we left my nan and granddad's house there was uh, one of those little um, hydrant signs like you know the little oh yeah yellow ones. yellow square thing that's it yeah and but there was one of those in like the hedge in in their front garden and every single time I was, every single time I saw that I thought it was a, a clown's face oh that's tell you what there's I can remember like really vividly when I was in primary school, like again, a fire service related anecdote. Um, like someone, like a fireman came to the school to like talk about the dangers of fire and protecting yourself and your family and your home from, you know, from fires and stuff. And basically what they sort of, they didn't do a very good job of reassuring us that if we followed the things, it would all be okay. Yeah. And like for months and months, I had like awful nightmares about like my flat catching on fire. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was really badly communicated. I feel like on that guy's part, we did some like, um, fire training stuff in school, and we had to go to like this field, and there were different huts set up uh, with like sort of different house scenarios showing different types of fire and stuff that happens, and um, and there was a, a terrible, terrible thing that uh, happened where um, there was like there was one house that we went into. This is uh, back in the days of like massive CRT TVs. And um, this TV like basically like popped, it burst. And uh, like a load of smoke came out. And they were like, oh, right, that wasn't meant to happen. We need to get out of here. And uh, we all left. And then uh, <laughs> they basically turned around to me and said, oh God, we've left a thing back in there. Like... Um, like we've left left something in there. I need it for the rest of this talk. And he pointed at me and he's like, "Can you go and get this thing?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." And I went back and got it. And as I came back, 
he said, and that's what you shouldn't do because you just went back into a burning building. And I was like, well, like, it's not that I don't trust burning buildings anymore. I don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's done. So I don't yeah, trust if, teachers if, anymore. Like, yeah, if, like, an actual fireman tells you to go back in, like, you kind of feel like it's uh, that's a reasonable thing, surely. Yeah. I can remember, so I was um, at my... Uh, when I um, yeah was working in my my office job my day job um, and they once like the IT department once sent through a kind of exactly that same like a sort of fake spam phishing email trying to get you to click the link yeah and then like if you clicked it and put in your details you then got an email being like ha you fell for the scam this is you know you this is what you shouldn't do but like firstly the IT department well firstly that workplace sent you so many random forms that you had to fill in all the time that it didn't really look out of place yeah and secondly the IT department like were so ramshackle and useless that like it, basically <laughs> they're sort of fake looking spam email didn't look any different from their normal emails yeah and it was like i've never once clicked on like an actual phishing email but i clicked on that one because i kind of believed that yeah that probably did come from them yeah and so i yeah i was very cross but that's it like you're never going to click anything else from them again are you yeah it's like oh, okay i'll ignore all emails from it fine yeah. anything that's poorly written with a uh, weird looking link in it, it gets stuffed yeah yeah idiots amazing right uh, so where what where where is your tour going? So I mean, tour is a very grand term for six gigs. But uh... no, do you know what? Right, I was having this thought process recently, and someone like a, a, a respected comedian, uh, you know, high up in the game, said, "Are you doing that show? The same show? Are you doing it at more than one venue in more than one location?" I said, "Yes," and he said, "Well, then that's a tour." I was yeah, like, great, uh, cool. I'll, I'll, take, I'll that. take that. Um, and you know they're not even all in England there's one in Edinburgh Um, wonderful so yeah so on the 28th of September I'm in Cambridge that is part of Think Too Funny which is an excellent um, and free nerdy uh, themed stand-up night uh, hosted by uh, Quang Tran um, who is great so I'm doing my show sort of at the end of that show 21st of october i'm in birmingham and that's part of a bigger thing as well that's part of uh, there's a whole like buffy themed evening and like there's like a quiz and some interaction and people are invited to dress up there's a a costume competition and then my show is kind of like the main feature of that event so that's really good fun 31st of october halloween i'm in manchester so if you want a nice spooky evening talking about vampires and stuff then that is the perfect place to be in manchester 10th of november i'm in bristol 11th of november i'm back in london and i'm filming that show so at the museum of comedy it would be lovely to have lots of people there and the 25th of november i'm back in edinburgh at the banshee labyrinth so again a very spooky venue yeah um, which would be great for the show i think very cool venue and and that's it those are my six gigs lovely stuff are you gonna look to extend it at all if you get the opportunity or uh or do you reckon that's that's that, that that done um if i get the opportunity i've sort of uh basically i've i've messaged quite a few other places and none of them have replied so uh, um i i suspect that might be it but if uh if there is if there are lots of people listening in one particular town and you're desperate for me to come do the show in your town and you happen to know someone who runs a local comedy venue or comedy night uh and can put in a good word then that would be great um but yeah uh, but that it, it'll probably just be those six, I'd imagine. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah, it sounds very exciting indeed. Where can people find you online? 
So uh, my website is benlundconlon.com. Oh, uh, is that going to be go... where people can get tickets from? It is. If you go to benlundconlon.com, follow the links, or just go to slap forward slash gigs, then there's all the tickets there. I realise that I have a long, cumbersome name. So also on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Ben GLC, uh, not Benji LC, Ben GLC for Greater London Council. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that's got all of the links there as well on Twitter and Instagram. Lovely stuff. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been uh, it's been really delightful. I don't think I've seen you in. I don't know. Years. It's been a long time. It's yeah, it's lovely to see. Yeah, I've sort of slightly fallen off like the regular circuit because um, I sort of put everything into this show, and then I sort of like, yeah. Now I've now I've I, I tasted the delights of doing a full hour solo Edinburgh show, and uh, and now you know just on the regular circuit feels such a such a disappointment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you mean? I can only talk for ten minutes. Like, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a different vibe, isn't it? Like I I, yeah. I love doing hour long shows because, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I, well, I don't think I'm a a, a character who's uh, difficult to get into. I you know I yeah. particularly work hard to sort of be fairly affable, but you can really get a vibe for someone in an hour, and yeah. uh, I think I'm quite good at putting shows together. So hopefully, yeah, you know. But I yes, I would I would like to get back on the circuit a bit more soon so hopefully i'll see you around there absolutely yeah wonderful right i'm desperate for a wee so i'm going to uh i'm gonna run away yeah but uh, thanks so much for coming on man it has been an absolute joy and a pleasure and i hope the tour goes well and this will be coming out soon so people can hear it brilliant thank you so much for having me no worries at all man cool thanks man see you later thank you so much cheers Cheers, see you later bye thanks bye so that was Ben Lund Conlon. You can find him at, oh God, I should have written down the website. I think he said it's benlundconlon.com. Google him. You can find him. Or he's on Twitter and Instagram at BenGLC, which you know, like I just asked him this, it's, it's, it's quite recent. So go, go and check him out. Go and find out where he's on tour. Go and get tickets for that. That will be, well, you know where he's on tour. I just asked him about that as well. If you listen to the episode, you know. So yeah, thanks for listening because it's been good. Good news that I've got is I am, I'm properly, like I'm doing it properly, 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 booking a tour of Best Thing Ever, which is great. Like I've done a tour of of Cyclops. I'm still yet to, I'm, I'm, I'm booking the, the show very soon, at which I'm going to be recording that. So keep your eyes out because I'm, I, I, I need you to come. But that's going to be, that's going to be wonderful fun. But I'm actually, yeah, booking a proper tour around the UK of best thing ever so if you want it to come near you then get in touch teapartypod at gmail.com it's the letter teapartypod at gmail.com and uh, tell me tell me where you want me to go uh, chances are i'm already coming near you because I'm, I'm going the length and breadth of the country but on, on the off chance get in touch and also as i mentioned i'm finally i'm finally doing it i'm finally getting merch made by jamie lenman of all people so i'm so excited about that i'm huge fan of Jamie Lemon as I'm sure you know through the podcast so yeah I'm really excited about that he's a lovely guy his artwork is incredible so yeah that's going to be amazing there'll be more news on that soon so until that happens be good to each other love each other go and drop the podcast some lovely five-star reviews like it share it tell your friends subscribe all of those things because that's wonderful and it helps the podcast get seen the audience is growing 
gradually we're getting there we're, we're, we're getting more and more people we're hitting some uh you know decent numbers numbers that i'm happy with which is wonderful but more of that would be great because i've got to sell a tour soon uh, so yeah anyway thanks so much for listening i'll see you all soon possibly in two weeks possibly sooner if i'm starting to get busy i'm starting to get a, a little bit organized doing this so we'll see uh we'll see how it goes yeah thanks for listening i love you all i'll see you soon goodbye <laughs>